0: Hey, church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now, here's today's message from Pastor JP. I want to encourage you guys, um, we're in Easter week, it's Palm Sunday, happy Palm Sunday to y'all. I grew up in a church where we all got palms when we walked into the church, palm branches. (laughs) I actually grew up in a church where I think they used to have live animals walk down on Palm Sunday. (laughs) Talk about volunteers being just champions. Don't be talking to me about serving the house until you have to deal with live animals on a Sunday morning (laughs) and the cleanup required. But happy Palm Sunday. It's, it's Holy Week, and we're moving towards um, Good Friday and Easter, and I know I just gave that announcement, but I really want to encourage you. There will be um, cards that are going to be at doors as you walk out. You'll be handed one. That's not for you to have as a reminder. That's for you to give away as an invitation um, to somebody that you might know. That I'm telling you guys, it's the Christmas and Easter time. They will come around. They will come. They will show up. They will be present. They will be here, and we just believe that the, the presence of God, Jesus, is the greatest thing in the world. Yes, we were just singing all sorts of things about him, the powerful truths of who he is. And when people show up and they hear that word, we believe that, that hearts are going to be transformed. Lives are going to be transformed. Marriages are going to be transformed. Trajectories of generations to come will be transformed. Legacies will be transformed. Come on, how many of you want to believe this with me for this coming week ahead? So, so, so show up Friday night. Um, at this point, we, we just have two churches that was, were joining us. Now we're up to five. God is so good. The body's coming together. This is what the church should do. Yes, man. If we're going to talk about unity in the world, we better start in the church. And so five churches showing up at 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. So I want to encourage you. Come. Invite vice friends. We'll make space. We'll have, some, we'll have plenty of space. We'll, we'll put people on the floors if we have to. Like, I don't care. But make sure you're here for one of those times. I know sometimes the 6 o'clock uh, is earlier for, for families and, and kids, so come. We'll have some stuff for the kids to do, children to do here in this space. But I want to I I just do something real quick. That's why I want to do. Can we just pray for this weekend ahead? Yeah. You came to pray today, huh? Yeah. Can we pray? Yeah. Come on. Let's just, uh, let's just open up our hands and ask them to, to move this weekend. Father, we just ask... We ask, Holy Spirit, for a harvest, for a harvest of people's lives, for souls, for transformation. We thank you that this week is a week of reflecting and looking and remembering what you have done for us, Jesus. Something we do not deserve, but you came and you gave it all up for us. And so I pray that that message, the gospel, the good news, the transformational news of Jesus Christ would impact and change and transform many in this city. People that are broken, people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that feel abandoned, feel forsaken. I pray you would draw them to the heart of the Father this week. And so we bless. I pray for every person that hands a card to somebody, that the conversation would be anointed. It would be divine appointments. We pray for that. I pray whether it's on on the trains, whether it's in an Uber, whether it's at an office space. I pray for divine appointments that you would stir hearts And that people would would be obedient to the mission that you have called us to do. We ask this all in Jesus' name, and everybody says, Come on, everybody says, Amen. Amen. Well, we're here today in our Paradox of the Kingdom series, and we're gonna continue on Palm Sunday. How many of you have been ministered to so far over the last couple weeks? I hope at least two of you in Jesus' name. Open up your Bibles to Psalms 90. We're gonna read one passage of Scripture to start. And then we're going to read a whole lot of Bible today. Is that all right? How many of you love your Bibles? I know a pastor that gets up there and holds his Bible. He's like, I love my Bible. I love my Bible. We should love the Word of God. Yes? Uh, Psalms 90, verse 12. Uh, we're going to read it. It's just one verse. It's a great verse. But this week, today, we are talking about Mission. Mission. The kingdom has something to say about mission. If you want to maybe put a word to that word mission that helps us, the kingdom of God has a vision for us. The kingdom of God has a mandate for us. Each and every one of us, if you follow Jesus, if you have said yes to Jesus, there is a mission, there is a mandate for every single one of us. And today, I'm gonna do my best to teach this in the short few minutes that we have. And I pray and I hope that today, as we step out of these doors, that the mission, the vision, the mandate that Jesus has for us will take deep root in our hearts today, amen? Psalms 90, verse 12, it says this. Teach us to number our days aright. Teach us to number our days, all right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach me, O Lord, to number my days. Other translations will say this. Teach me, O Lord, to know how to value this day today. Teach me, O Lord, to know what you are doing today. Give me a heart of wisdom, of discernment, of strength and of power to know what you're doing in this day. The mission and the vision of God for our lives is here for us to receive today. So, the spirit of God and we've prayed a bunch and I just ask that and would be open, that we would be good soil right now and we would receive the mission of God upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Paradox of the kingdom, we've been talking about how you hear a statement, and the statement doesn't sound true at first when you hear it, but after doing some research, looking into it, it is very true. We've been teaching all sorts of different things about wisdom and about fulfillment, and, and we've, we've been teaching all these things so we can understand as people that follow Jesus, there is a way for us to go, the ways of the kingdom. And so today, as I talk about mission, I want to read this statement, and then I'm going to read about four paragraphs. Is that all right? This is not normal of me, but I'm going to do it anyways in Jesus' name. This is the paradox when it comes to mission, vision for our lives. In the world, you base your life off of feeling good and make missional decisions based on wherever seems most enjoyable. In the kingdom of God, we submit to Jesus and then allow the Holy Spirit to send us on a mission To build his kingdom here on earth. This is the paradox of the kingdom. Every human being here on this earth has desires a mission or a vision to guide their lives. This might look different depending on where you grew up and what culture you were brought up in. In America, that's the only thing I can speak of the guiding vision for the majority of people in America is this the American dream. This is the vision that we were taught from a very young age. Go and dream big. Do whatever makes you happy. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You can build your life the way you want to. If you work hard and stay focused, there are guiding missions that will say to build, fulfill every desire in your life and don't let anyone get in your way. Come on, I I have been told this. I have found myself trapped to this at times. If you are in my way, I'm gonna make sure you get out of my way. Anybody? Just me. Praise the Lord. In the kingdom of God, because guys, when we came to Jesus, we got transferred. We transferred departments. (laughs) We got a new desk. We got a new laptop. We got a new manager. We got a new owner. Hello? We've been transferred. In the kingdom of God, we are captivated by a more compelling eternal vision that goes beyond the scope of the life I want. This is a vision of kingdom mission, creating within our own lives, our homes and our cities, the rhythms and the practices, the formations of Jesus that bear witness to the nearness of God's kingdom that has been made available through Jesus. This is the guiding vision for us as believers. This is how it should be for those who have said yes to following Jesus, that our lives are laid down. This is good teaching. Our our lives are not our own. Our lives have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, and now we live surrendered. This life will and should look different. The comfortable life, my friends, is not all that Jesus has promised in this life when it comes to living on mission. This mission is costly. A pastor just preached the abundant life. I am right now. Preach the goodness of God. I am right now. This mission is costly. This don't build churches, both personally and in our different spheres of influence. But the alternative is half-hearted and an unfulfilling life that does not see the fruit of a life laid down. This is the paradox of the kingdom when it comes to mission. To exist as an ambassador of Jesus Christ is to be a man or a woman who brings his gospel into the world. This is missional living. This is living on mission. The abundant life is costly. It's hard at times, but oh, to do the work and the will of Jesus is the most fulfilling thing in this life. I have come to know that true through and through. This is the paradox of the kingdom. You're doing all right. Can we turn the lights on? Today, I want us to teach. I want to teach and help us discover how to live in, from, and discover the kingdom's missions for us as a body and as individuals to come in the paradox of the kingdom of living unto his will and plans instead of the cultural demands of living for our own. own. I mean, let's be honest, right? I say this. I've been harping on this. I don't mean to continue to go down this path, but it's really the the cultural norm that we're in today. Fulfill your desire. Do whatever you want to do. Become who you ever want to become. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Find out what makes you happy and fulfill it. I mean, come on, who am I preaching to? Am I talking to anybody? Like, like find out whatever makes you happy and do it. And guys, here's the deal. Like in the kingdom of God, it's not all heartache and pain and sorrow, but it's surely not finding out what's going to make me happy. It's going to find out what pleases him, honors him, gives him glory. And in return, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be filled with joy. I'm going to be filled with peace. The reason why we're, we're talking about this today is because I really believe there is a call for the body of Jesus Christ to enter into a mission more than ever before where the world, the city, is screaming out for help. The world is screaming out for, somebody help me. It's the mandate of the house of believers to go, man, this is going to cost me some stuff. People aren't going to like me. Can we just get over fear of man? can we enter into the missional mandate that Jesus has for each and every one of us? It's costly, but it's profoundly fulfilling and beautiful because it's doing the will of the Father. And so each one of us has a mission. Each one of us has a mandate. I believe this to my core. No one who follows Jesus has a pass on this one. No one who has said yes to Jesus has a pass when it comes to living on mission. That's a really good place for every single one of you to say amen. I mean, reality is you can choose to not live on mission. And God's not mad. He's not disappointed. He's not any of that stuff. But you can choose to go off a mission. I've done it. I've done it. But man, there is a mandate for each and every one of us to be sent into a world. Alan Hirsch says this. Every Christian is a sent one. Every believer, every follower of Jesus is a sent one. There's no such thing as an unsent Christian. The days and age of like, the pastor just has to do it all for me, those are over. The Lord is raising up kings and priests for their own uh, within you. Hear me. There is a mandate happening. There is a call from heaven right now to raise every single one of you to be a king and a priest. You have different assignments, but we have the same call to be kings and priests of our homes of our lives, of our marriages, of our families, of... I'm going to preach today. I remember sitting, one of our mentors, one of our oversight elders, Pastor Al Toledo from Chicago Tab, I remember we got invited, we, got, we, we met him randomly. We did not know that the church existed up on the north side. And when we came to Chicago, someone sent an email, we got connected and we met. And we entered into a, a thing that he has called DNA of a Leader. We encourage you to go do it. It's on our resource page. Center page on our website, go through it, it's powerful. But I sat in that time and and he talked about um, privately healthy, publicly fruitful. Can I tell you right now, you will not be publicly healthy if you are not privately, you will not be publicly fruitful if you're not privately healthy. I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you can put a face on, you can put the mask on, you can act for so long, but if your private life is jacked up, just wait, debt's gonna be come to get repaid, like you're gonna be, it's gonna show. And that's an encouragement to you to get with God, to be alone with God, to let God work on you. You don't know what to do. Just go sit with him and say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm here because I just want you to transform me. And so I sat in this time with him, Rachel and I went and we, we heard all this great teaching about what it meant to be a leader. And we got to this missional part. And now I'm teaching this because I've been taught this and I received revelation of what it meant to live on mission I was like, well, we're coming to plant a church and, and we're coming to do this. Isn't that the mission? And God said, yeah, but there's more for you. There's much more for you. And so I discovered that every single one of us has a missional mandate. I have had missions spoken over my time and time again, even in the last five years. I have p- uh, profound moments that I can look back, times when I'm sitting in Jacksonville, Florida at a conference that I did not want to go to, <laughs> that I said no to. And the Lord woke me up and said, go. Weeks before the conference, I said, Rich, I got to go to Jacksonville. And she said, go. And so I went and sitting at an altar on my knees, tears on my face, the Lord said, this is the mission. Turn your church upside down. 2019, folks. He said, transform this thing, change this thing, turn this thing, because this is my bride, this is my house, and you are called to make disciples. And I went, oh, I thought I had this mission. Can I just stick with this mission? It was so much easier. He said, No, I got a new mission for you today. So the Lord's going to speak mission to us every day. He's got a mission for every one of us. We are believers that are sent. There's no pastor. here. You doing all right? And so two missions that I want to talk about. But first, I need to address something that is profoundly important for me to address when it comes to mission, that we have to catch something really quick. I'm just going to teach you really quick. And I want you to go home. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 41. I'm just going to read 41 through 43. But go home and read it. Right? Go home and read it. Before I get to missions, we have to understand something first. And that is this As a believer of Jesus Christ, I am not an owner, I am a steward. Hear me on this. I am not an owner. I am a steward when it comes to my life, when it comes to everything God's given me, when it comes to everything God's called me. I do not own it. And I'm being i am going to give a warning here. Somehow we have crept into as the body of believers that we own things, that this is us, that we've done this, that we've built this, that we've created this, that we're doing this. It is not of the kingdom. We are called to be stewards. Another word for steward is manager. And here in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is addressing in regards to being watchful, being understanding of what you're called to do. He's speaking to the disciples in regards to what happens when he is leaving them, when he leaves them, what is their call and their mandate to do here. And and Peter says to him, Lord, why are you telling this parable to us in verse 41 "or or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager, steward, yes, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant, manager, steward, whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Jesus is sitting there with his disciples. He's saying, listen to me, disciples. You do not own this. Don't find yourself creeping into ownership. Find yourself to be a good manager of everything that I've taught you, everything I've given you, everything I've placed inside of you. Find yourself to be a good steward, a good servant of it, because Jesus says, I'm going to return, and I'm going to look across, and I'm going to find the ones that were good stewards here on this earth, that brought my kingdom from heaven to earth by managing, by loving, by caring, by holding this, not as an owner, but as a steward. There's a profound difference. First Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read it real fast. Just mark it. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Notice that scripture doesn't read. Each one of you should receive, you should use whatever gift you have received to build your own life. Anybody else? It says serve others. Be a steward, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter's saying, I've received this revelation from Jesus Himself. He has taught me this. He has shown me that I'm not called to own my life. I'm not called to own the things that I have. I'm not called to own anything. I'm called to be a good steward of every gift that has been put in me because every gift that has been put in me is going to lead me on the mission and help me on the mission that God has called me for before the foundation. Like, are you all awake? Happy Palm Sunday. Should have brought the branches. <laughs> we are called to be stewards. This is the mandate for us. Before we can gain any missional mandate, before we can understand what is my mission, what is our mission, we have to come to grips with we do not own this. We steward this. And we steward with deep care and honor and respect and the fear of the Lord. Oh, when's the last time you heard a sermon? Wednesday. When's the last time you heard a sermon on the fear of the Lord if you were here at prayer meeting? When is the last time you heard somebody say, have the fear of the Lord? Well, there's no fear in the kingdom. Absolutely. But there is a reverency for the Lord because he is holy. He is all knowing. He is all sufficient. He is the God above all gods. There is no one greater than him. He is the one. So you know what I am? I'm going to sit in some reverent fear of who he is. When is the last time we said, you know what, Lord? I am not in charge. Because if we reverse this, our missions get dysfunctional. Our missions get corrupted. Our things that we think God has called us to are not the things that God's called us to because we've entered into ownership instead of stewardship. I don't own this church. Hear me. Please. (laughs) Like, 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 I don't own any of this. If if, if, if some reason, like the Lord calls us elsewhere, I don't get to take all this pipe and drip. Like, this is mine. This is mine. I, don't, I preach. That's my preaching table. That's mine. Oh, no, no. no hear me. <laughs> These rugs, they're mine. I don't own any of this. I'm called to steward this. This is my assignment. This is my assignment. This is mine. You might have a different one. And that's good. We're going to get there. But I am called to steward this thing. And I'm called to steward with every gift that God has given me. I'm called to steward it well. Owners, grab. Owners, hoard. Owners, treat people with disrespect. Not all owners. like You're like, here, I'm a business owner. I treat my people. With. Praise God. We need kingdom owners. We need a lot of them. But do you understand the concept of what Jesus is getting at? You do not own this thing. You do not get glory for yourself. Oh man, 10 minutes. Ownership is selfishness, ownership is pride. And I think scripture says something about pride a lot. He actually says he opposes it. Can I tell you who was the prideful being in the Bible? The serpent. How'd that work out? Pins. Not good. Owners are prideful. Owners are arrogant. Owners want to get credit. Hello? Stewards go? (laughs) And guys, I've fallen into this. It's a very hard tension. I have fallen into ownership. And the Lord's been like, that was a smack. Sometimes he... And I've come back in and been like, okay, no, I'm not owning my life. I don't own anything here. I don't own my family. I don't own my children. Parents, that is a prayer you need to pray. I don't own my children. I'm called to steward my children. I'm called to steward the gifts inside of my children. I'm called to steward them unto the Lord. I do not own them. I I am not in control of them. Newsflash. I'm in charge of them. I ain't in control of them. Titus is going to kick 18. I'm going to be like, go figure it out in the world. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to support him. I'm going to care for him. But I am not in control of him. I am called to steward the gift of my children. I'm called to steward the gift that God has given me to lead, to pastor, to preach. As many times as I don't want to do this, I try to get other people to preach all the time. I'm like, Lord, (laughs) you think I'm kidding? (laughs) But I'm called to steward this thing. You're called to steward the gifts that God's given you. They're not just taught. Yes, they're talking about the prophetic gifts and the gifts of the kingdom. But you're called to steward the brain that has been given to you. You're called to steward the hands that have been given to you. There are surgeons in here. There are musicians in here. There are nurses and doctors. You are called, if you are a teacher, to teach the student as a steward unto the Lord. You don't own the gift of being a teacher. You didn't give yourself that brain. Jesus is like, yo, if you start operating as an owner, I'm going to come back and I'm going to f- see a bunch of stuff that I never called you to do. This is good. The Paradox of the kingdom says steward and steward today. Steward today. See, owners look ahead. Oh, I'm going to preach this. Just tell the kids we're going to be a little late. You all right? You settled in? You got your lunch, brunch for plans for, for, for Palm Sunday? Just go ahead and bump them. I'm kidding. I'll try to... Where was I at? <laughs> this is it. Today, owners think about all the days ahead. They forecast, as business owners should. But I'm talking spiritually speaking right now. They worry about the next week, the next month, the next year. Oh, how are we going to get here? How are we going to do this? How, guys, and I'm talking to myself here. Oh, how are we going to make this happen? How are we going to calculate the numbers? Figure it out. Ching, <laughs> like, uh, how is this going to happen? Owners, think that way. You know what stewards do? Today, Jesus, you have promised me today, (laughs) and that's all I got. I don't know what tomorrow is. I don't want to care about tomorrow. You know what? I got enough things to worry about today, and in today, you're going to grace me with everything you need to grace me with today. I don't got to walk around worried. I don't got to walk around fearful. I don't got to walk around all bothered by what's going to be a coming ahead. You know, I'm just going to chill today. I'm going to chill. I'm going to, hey, this was an assignment from the Lord today. And if I get caught up and worrying about tomorrow as an owner instead of a steward, I miss this. I miss this. And oftentimes the believers of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, is so fixated on tomorrow because we think we own it. Instead of sitting here today going, I'm a steward of this day today. This is the day the Lord has made. Yeah? This is the day His Lord has made. And there's no new mercy for it because I screwed up yesterday. (laughs) Come on, that's a really good place to say amen. Oh, there's new mercies today. Thank you. <laughs> but I've I, I, I got to focus on today because that's what I'm called to do as a steward. The plans that the Lord has for me, they're going to work out. They're going to unfold. But I'm called to take care of today. I'm called to t- take care of today of what God has for me today to deal with me with today. You know what stewards do as managers? You know what they say to the owner? Tell me what to do. You know what you have to do as an owner? You don't got to ask anybody what to do. Dad'll preach. Stewards go, God, what do you, what do you have to, what do you, today? Jay, I don't have anything for you. You know how many times you said, I don't have anything for you to do in, the, in regards to ministry today. I got to deal with you today. I'm like, but I like the days when I get to do the mission. He's like, I got to deal with you today. This is the mission. I got to deal with you. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> anybody else go kicking and screaming before God? I'm like, no. I'm dealing with you today. Stewards, not owners. Teach us, Psalms 90, 12, teach us to number my days. Teach me to number my days. As a steward of your kingdom, teach me to number your days. You doing all right? Mission, J. Thomas Brown says this, must take the form of servanthood. Only in this way can it escape the charge of arrogance. Mission is servanthood, steward or else it all becomes arrogance and pride, all right? So this is the call, two missions that we're called to do. I'm gonna go fast. Two missions that we're called to do. The first thing is this, we all have the same mission. We have a corporate mission. If you've said yes to Jesus, you know your Bibles, you know this to be true, we all have a corporate missional mandate on our life. We have a co-mission. We have a co-mission. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says this, therefore, write it down and go read it, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is all of our missional mandate. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is also our missional mandate. Are you ready? Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves. Don't even worry about throwing it up the screen, because I'm going to read really fast. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, catch that? All the Christians, the followers of the way, (laughs) disciples, were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. Oh, I want to preach that so bad. Wisdom's telling me not to. Just take that word. Needs among them. <laughs> Can't, they had no needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. All the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, that's the apostles' job. No, do you see what was happening? It was the church gathering together, breaking bread together, living together, being kind to one another, serving one another, loving one another, not speaking and having gossip towards anybody else. They were in one accord, one spirit, one, one mind, and added numbers were happening to them every single day. There is a corporate mission for us. It is twofold. First, go tell someone about Jesus. Please don't be weird about it. Please. But be filled with power. And go forth. Well, I'm not a people person. Go pray. Love God, love people. It's not difficult, guys. Well, I'm not, I'm just an introvert. Well, let the Lord bring somebody that's also an introvert. You guys can have quiet time of introverting and gospel and mission together. <laughs> Pastor Jordan, come up. (laughs) Like, come on. Keep making the excuses. I don't know what to say. You know what Scripture says? He'll give you the words to say. "Let, let, Let your light shine before man so they may see the good works in my Father. How's your light doing? This is a light test. When is the last time you shared the goodness of Jesus with anybody? Because before we can get to some personal mission that I believe is calling for every one of us, your assignments, where you're supposed to go, this is first and foremost in my opinion. And I think scripture agrees with me. That before you can be like, I'm going to do this for Jesus. Do it now. I'm going to build this for Jesus. Well, how are you building his kingdom now? Well, I'm going to do this great thing for Jesus. And I believe in Jesus name that you're going to do it. But what are you doing now? It's this whole concept of tomorrow. When I arrive, then I'll do it. When I get the teaching, then I'll do it. When pastor gives me the right sermon, then it'll happen. (laughs) No, go therefore and speak the name of Jesus, baptizing people in the Holy Spirit, proclaiming the goodness of when did this become bad news? It's good news. So how hard is it to talk about good news in 2022? It ain't that hard. Let me tell you. But the missional mandate is I'm not an owner of this life. So guess what? People might reject it. Okay, guess what? It's not my responsibility. When all of a sudden did we think it's our responsibility to bring people to Jesus? It is my responsibility to open up my mouth. It's my responsibility to get low well and to love. So that's the first thing. Proclaim the name of Jesus. The second mandate for us is to do exactly what they did in Acts. Love one another. Give to one another. Care for one another. Show up. and not just show up, but be open. <laughs> this is the body. This is an active, living, breathing thing. This is a body. And we are called to give up ourselves for one another. Oh, would we be a people that, that, that focus on this and, and love our neighbors? Yes, we'll get, but like, would we be a people that are so consumed about what's happening? There's a need, let's give. There, there is a medical bill that needs to be paid. Yo, church, let's pay it. Get out of yourselves. I remember when God called me and Rachel to pay for something for someone at one time. We had no money. <laughs> Guys, I ate chicken and white rice for many years. You know the rotisserie chickens from it was like Jewel. You know that was my that was my go-to every night. I looked good because I wasn't eating much, but. And the Lord said to me one day, Cut a check. We still had checks in that time. Like, write a check. We were heading to church, write a check. And He told me the dollar amount. And I said, Lord, you got to take a zero off of that. He said, You want more, Jay? This is time to get more. You want to be found fit to carry more? Carry this. And sometimes we go, That's not God's voice. He's telling me to give my money away. No, that's probably God's voice. So I wrote the check. This is not about me, forgive me, but I showed up to church and I'm in worship with this check in my back pocket going, Lord, you can just say the word. We don't have to give this away. like, I love you. Jesus be the center of my life. But I I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. Jesus be the center of your church. No. The Lord said, turn around. I turned around. And there was a couple there. Lord said, give him the check. This isn't some TV evangelist stuff. This is real. I walked up and I, the Lord, the Lord told me to give this to you, but if you don't need it, you just give it right back. (laughs) Like if you're the wrong person, just tell me I'll find the right one. (laughs) With tears in their eyes, they said, this dollar amount is the exact dollar amount we just have to pay for our three-year-old son's doctor's appointments. We didn't know how we were gonna do this. I'm not crying because of me, I'm crying because of the goodness of God. This is our mission. Proclaim the good news and live it out. This is our corporate mission. Alan says this, a missional theology applies to the whole, applies to the whole of life of every believer. Every disciple is to be an agent of the kingdom of God and every disciple is to carry the mission of God into every sphere of life. We are all missionaries sent into a non-Christian culture. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. Do it now. And for every one of you that feel called overseas, we pray that with you and believe that for you. Do this first. Okay, then we all have individual missions. We all have individual missions. Every single one of you, I believe to my core, has a missional mandate from God. You have been given a gift inside of you that nobody else has. Don't let Satan steal that gift that's inside of you. Because of bitterness, because of envy, because of comparison, hear me, comparison is a trap. And it'll steal the missional mandate from you. But every one of us has a mission. And the mission is, is, there's a mission for my life that God has unfolded to me. I have a verse, 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy two twenty one. forgive me. That's my life verse. That is the verse that the Lord has laid on my life. That is my life verse. I ask and I encourage you to find the verse that the Lord wants to give to you for the missional mandate for your life. That's mine. Those who clean themselves from the ladder will be instruments for the special purposes, made wholly, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. And I have a missional statement that I open up most days and I read to be reminded of what God has called me to do for that day today. Missions in our lives cannot be grasped, they cannot be grabbed a hold of, they are received. And we have too many people trying to grab a hold of things, trying to grab a hold of missions because it makes us feel better. It makes us feel more valuable. It'll give us more affirmation. It'll do all those things, but it's not God. And I hate to say that, but it's true. I've had people look at me and say, Jay, that's not your, you've grabbed that thing. And I'm like, oh man, I need to repent. You can't grab missions. You receive them. So, but you got some time. Four more minutes. Can we do four more minutes? Let's get to the Palm Sunday message. Look at God. Go to Matthew 21. If you have your Bibles, real quick, Matthew 21. I've been taught this, so I'm teaching you this. Pastor Al Toledo taught me this. I'm teaching you. I I called him this week. I said, you say this all the time, Pastor. I'm going to say, I got the spirit of copying. It's really good. some fresh revelation and new things I get weary this thing's been taught for century. I'm <laughs> this is the story of Jesus sending the disciples to go get the, the the colt the donkey it says this as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives Jesus sent two of them on ahead can I tell you something your mission God will not send you alone on it What I'm saying is, a rogue Christian is not a good one. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Receive it. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them. I find that fascinating. <laughs> and he will immediately let you go. It's like saying today, hey, um, there's a car down the street. It's got the keys in it. Not a good thing right now and today. Okay? That's what he's saying. He's like, go, crazy! Go. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. This is Palm Sunday. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Catch this, verse nine. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heavens. This is such a clear picture of receiving a missional mandate for the day. Catch this, three things. First thing is this. The disciples, they were close enough to hear You want a mission mandate for your life? You need to be close enough to hear. There's no other way around it. There's no other, there's no other. You need to be close enough to hear what he said. It said that in verse two, they were close enough to hear the words of Jesus. Go, Jesus said, into the village over there. And not only did he speak, he spoke specifics. He spoke exactly what they were supposed to do. Well, what if I miss God? There's mercy and there's grace. What he wants is you to just try to do it with him they were close enough to hear the mission for the day. They weren't surrounded by a bunch of noise and distractions and fears. I'm sure they were, but they had the king right in front of them. And they said, this, this is the king of all kings. You are the Lord. You are the savior. You're the master. You're the redeemer. You're the provider. You're speak, go and untie this donkey and cold. You want a mission for your life get close to jesus there's no like i don't need to preach it just get close to jesus you know where you're not close to jesus just get close to jesus second thing is this when it comes to missional living be bold enough to obey it it said the two disciples listened to what jesus did and did it they weren't kicking and screaming like oh i'm sure they're having conversations like bro who's untying this donkey Which one of us are doing this? Because if this guy comes out, like, which one is taking the? But you got to be bold enough to do what God's called you to do. And I'm telling you right now, you want the safe, shallow waters? God's not there. If you want safe faith, you will never really know God because he doesn't hang out in the shallow end much. Convicted. Anybody convicted? Nobody, just me? Okay, help me. Third thing, last thing is this, be humble enough to obey them and get out of the way. Our missions of our lives are to get Jesus at the center. Notice that it said this, because they were obedient, because they were bold enough and they listened and they were close, it says that Jesus was at the center of the procession and all were shouting, yes, he was going to the cross, yes, a lot turned on him. This does not have to be the story for us. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Jesus was at the center of it. I'm here to just say this in an encouragement. If your life does not have Jesus at the center of it, ask him. Come into an alignment again. Come under the power of the Holy Spirit again and say, Lord, I need you to be lifted up. I need you to be lifted up in my life. Because if my life is not glorifying you, if my life is not showing people you, if my life, like, it is hard, it is not easy, it is costly, but it is oh so good. I'll finish with this, Rachel, this is my fourth close. Rachel and I, um, this week, she, she was telling me, she said, we're gonna go to our neighbor's house for, for kids' playtime, hangout afternoon. That, to me, is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> On a level of a lot of factors. Like. And I said, I don't want to. She just left it. (laughs) Kind of did what Rachel said. We'll we'll see what God says. (laughs) So I prayed and she said, we're going going to Saturday morning, yesterday, we're going to this house. I said, I don't want to go to this house. I said that, I don't want to go. She said, Jay, go pray. (laughs) She said, Jay, I feel like, there is a mandate, a calling for us to go do this today. It's burning in my heart. So I said, all right, let's go. And we went. And it was absolutely my worst nightmare. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Grabbing our son, disciplining our son, <laughs> loving our son, trying to have conversations with people that don't know the, they do they do not know Jesus. And in that living room, and in that kitchen, am I wrong, babe? They start saying, tell us about it. You started a church. What is this? Questions, 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 questions. Stirring, stirring, stirring. Hope, hope, hope. I didn't lead them to Jesus right then and there. We didn't have a prayer meeting where they fell on their face. We sowed a seed because that was the missional mandate for yesterday, was to sow a seed. I wanted to enjoy my $7 oat milk latte, but God called me to go. God called me with my wife and with my family, because let me tell you something, family, you bring your family along in this journey. We brought our kids with us in this journey, because that is the thing. The families did it together. It wasn't about us. It wasn't about me wanting to watch the masters and make sure I could watch who's winning. It was about all Jesus. It's hard. It's not easy. But man, we walked out of there so frustrated, but in our hearts, we were like, seeds were sown. We got a text it in. I was like, finally, they texted back. <laughs> Thank you for coming. What a great joy and gift it was to have you guys here. We pray and hope. We said, no, say we pray, that's Christianese. They said, we, we really look forward to doing this thing. Can we get that on the books again? So church, it's a missional mandate for us, yes? This will kill selfishness. This will kill the spirit of pride. And this will show the world a true picture of what it means to follow Jesus. And that is to give our lives up. Amen. Stand your feet.